Welcome to the FitPro Podcast, a brand new initiative from FitPro for forward-thinking professionals who want the latest information while on the move. We hope you enjoy this week's pod, and for further information about today's podcast, head over to our social media pages and start the conversation. And to offer feedback and suggestions for future podcasts, get in touch with us at publish at fitpro.com. Hello and welcome to this week's FitPro podcast. We are delighted to be joined by athlete, coach and mentor, Joe Carvino. Now, Joe has a wealth of experience and knowledge within sport through diving and weightlifting. And we'll be focusing our discussions around weightlifting and doping in the fitness industry today. Now, this this week, the 20th of May until Sunday, marks Clean Sport Week. And the UK Anti-Doping Association have released their survey of results for our industry, which actually makes for quite shocking reading. So we'll be asking Jo to shed some light on those worrying statistics and also share her opinions on doping within sport. Jo, it's great to have you with us today. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Uh, Perhaps you can provide a little introduction uh, to our FitPro members listening. Um, so my name is Joe Calvino. I'm an Olympic weightlifter. I've been lifting for 26 years now. It doesn't quite feel wow. like it's that long. It's gone so quick, but they always say time flies when you're having fun. So um, I think that's a key message in, in sport. If you're having fun, then you'll, you'll continue. Um, my, my kind of accolades are I'm uh, 21 times British senior champion. Um, I've gone to four Commonwealth Games. Um, I've done all sort of major championships, Worlds, Europeans. I'm also a Cat 1 Olympic referee for weightlifting. Um, So I also get involved in the officiating side of the sport, um, as well as coaching at my my club and um, across the UK. So I've been part of the British weightlifting youth squads in previous years. So, um, yeah, my knowledge in, in weightlifting, and I've worked in gyms um, on those days when I used to, you know, without funding, Mm. had to get jobs so gyms was an easy easy area to go to um so yeah sports pretty much been you been my life um as I was a diver for nine years before I switched to weightlifting so yeah always been sport focused fantastic yeah um brilliant so just thinking about the statistics that came in this week um so 34 percent of gym users said that they may know of someone within the gym that taking um an IEPD yeah what was your reaction to, to those results um it's it's quite alarming really I think um just in when we looked at, at the results just gyms in general it, it tells you that that statistic isn't just elite sport this also covers general community gyms and mm-hmm. and the the local um, community sort of programs so I think it's quite alarming and I think there's a lot of um, transition across between um, healthy lifestyles so some of the issues that are now can, coming up around heart conditions and um, kidney problems and, and just general health health and lifestyle matters um, and the big topic at the moment of mental health I think there's a, a lot of crossover between you know the the iPads and the, the the gym industry or the fitness industry um, so I think it's quite alarming and I think I think it's a worrying statistic that if it's not addressed properly or information's not provided, um, it could 
it could increase, which is even more concerning. So um, I think it's a good statistic for us to to have, and it's something uh, that that we can now work on as a as a country and as an industry um, to try and bring that number down over the next few years. Absolutely, and for a trainer who might be working with a client who might actually be, you know, involved um, with that, how how would they go about approaching that with their client? Um, I think. I think education is is always a, a knowledgeable thing. We have the dangerous thing called the internet, which is what a lot of people will go to as their source of information, which can have some really good information, but it can also, um, you know, have some really naive information and not present all the facts. And I think um, that's that's a concern. I think it's the response if you are in the fitness industry, whether you're a, a gym coach, a personal trainer. Um, of of any sport or any kind of fitness industry training, it's your responsibility and it's our responsibility as coaches and personal trainers to be, you know, have that basic level of knowledge and actually provide the, the true information that, okay, well, you know, if that's what you want to do, please bear in mind these are the consequences or these could be the long-term side effects. And I don't think, I think it's a very short-term game and people don't think about the long-term um, damage that it can can do so I think you know it's everyone's responsibility about education and and giving the right advice um, and I think it's a really tough tough gig because we've also got the pressures now of social media yeah. um, and that's that's a big game changer you only have to look at statistics not necessarily in the fitness industry but um, there were statistics that come out a few years ago around young boys are on the increase with eating disorders and that's because they want to be lean they want to get smaller that you know it it's a changing culture and a changing mindset and I think a lot of a lot of that is the social media pressures that that people now see um and these so-called influencers that we 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 are seeing um being exposed and promoting something that isn't isn't healthy and it isn't good for individuals yeah definitely I think I'm a mental health first aider and I think that's something that Active IQ have just launched their level two mental health yeah training. so that's something I think would ties in really well training yeah I think equipped to I, do with that as well yeah completely and I think people don't really you know for the I've always said in my lifting career I would um you know as the sport of weightlifting we get tarnished with a with a very tough brush and you know I've always said to people and when I've been asked the question if I'd been tempted and I said I'd, I'd much rather look and be feminine and be a girl than to be the best lifter and compromise my own health and I think that's you know that's a really positive message and I'm quite strong on that message I've always been um in that area and I don't think people realize just how you know the effects that it can have on people and and so that's yeah that's a it's a hard um, mm. battle that we're having to fight against. Definitely. Do, do, do you think perceptions are changing? I know obviously there's a lot of the um, body um, you know, competitions, bikini competitions and things. Do you think attitudes and views are shifting? or? I think, that, I think they are, but I also think there are some real, real issues around body image um, through things like social media and these these influences and, and those sorts of competitions. It's the pressures to be um, lean, 
it's the pressure to be small and thin as opposed to at a point where they're compromising their own health. And I think that's where, you know, anything where it starts to compromise your own health, you have to start asking the question, why am I doing this? Because somewhere along the line, whilst they're compromising that health, I would probably say a good percentage aren't actually enjoying the process of hardly eating, taking these these medications, seeing side effects. I, I can't say, I, I'd honestly believe that a lot of them would say it's not been a, a nice process to go through in some areas. So I think I think the shift is changing, but I also think there's this, um, everyone wants to be famous type process. So, you know, in the fitness industry, it's it's quite a big topic with females around you know not just having booty shots and bikini shots and and some of those areas and actually um i think it is changing and i think we're we're getting there but it's yeah it's a very slow slow process yeah definitely it's a massive area as well there's also obviously everything in the news moment around the transgender yeah um, we won't we won't go into that (laughs) that's a whole nother conversation but yeah, and I think there's a lot of areas where, such as the transgender, they're still quite great in having all that. Inf- you know, for me, it's about having all the right information yeah. and having the research to back up decisions. And I don't think that's that's been fully done. But we're, you know, progress is progress, and it's it's um, you know, it's no different. The the transgender debate, I would probably say, in some respects, to when women's weightlifting first came came in as a sport. And, you know, the challenges of acceptance and so forth um, around that. So I think, yeah, there's um, it's moving. And I always say whether you're moving slowly, as long as you're moving and you're not standing still, that's always progress. Yeah. So in terms of that progress, how has that shifted since you obviously started weightlifting to now in terms of women's recognition? Oh, I'd say... I'd, probably say huge I mean um I I still sit in the gym now and I say to you know I was the only female I was the only girl let alone um there was a couple of females that would come down um weekly that would work with my coach but they weren't there on a day-to-day basis um so I was and but I was the only young girl as well so that was quite a big chat I mean you know I look back at it I don't I don't remember thinking, my God, I feel so alone. I actually quite relished it because I wanted to prove my worth. Yeah. Um, so it was actually quite a good mindset. And, and in, for me, it's about the sports environment you're in. Mm-hmm. And if it's positive and it's healthy, then it makes makes everything a lot easier. I think, um, I think it was, you know, I was one of the first young girls that, that came in. And that was a tough challenge because it's not just, um, it wasn't just a, a culture change it was a complete change for a sport and I think there was a lot of male coaches and male athletes that really struggled at first you know the, we had to to win them over and I think there was quite a few coaches that the irony being now some of these coaches that probably struggled with women's weightlifting initially mm. their best lifters have turned out to be some of our female weightlifters currently so um I think that it's it's been a huge change now sometimes in our gym um, that there's a high percentage of females changing mm. uh, training. So for me, I kind of sit there and think, well, I can I can retire happy. You know, I've done my bit in my club and and hopefully across the sport. And I think it's changing that perception. You know, weightlifting was was um, kind of recognised for women as being very Eastern Bloc, butch, muscly, mm. yeah. lady type <laughs> approach. And mm. I'm not even five foot. Um, 
and I and I bounce in and I'm like, yeah, I'm a weightlifter, and people would be like, what are you? You know, they would never guess my sport. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, it has changed massively from when I've come in, which is a good thing, and it's it's still developing. And I think, you know, I think it's scared a lot of people how strong some women are, and we've got some really strong women across the world. Um, and that's that's a good thing because it's changing that mindset. But mm. uh, and it's I'd probably say in the coaching side, it's been yeah. I was going to say like, how is a that slower process? Yeah. Now you're coaching um, younger athletes coming through. How is that being on the coaching side? Surrounded. Yeah, um, I would actually probably say from my personal experience, it's probably been you know within my club area of coaching, it's been quite easy. Because I work quite closely with my coach, and I've, you know, I've had some great mentors. I think from um, national and international setups, not being—you've only really started to see female coaches on national teams, sort of the last five to ten years. Um, really recent. So it's still really recent, and some of those, you know, it's still—it's still quite hard to get to to get into the coaching and be accepted. Especially, you know, they always assume women want to coach women. Um, and that's not the case. I work across both male and and female, and I enjoy both just as much. That and they present different challenges. I think, um, yeah, there's still quite a long way to go in getting more females involved in that coaching side, especially at um, national and international levels. Yeah. I think in previous years it's been more of a well, we need a female on the team, so we'll we'll tick box and we'll get this this person to come along, but they end up not really coaching and just being as as we say sometimes a, a water boy or a water girl yeah so they're not really involved in that coaching so what sort of um, responses do you get when you go and speak to young girls who are interested in, in in weightlifting um do they um I always try and ask the question what gets them involved because I think a lot of us in weightlifting we've transitioned from another sport so when you actually get a young female that comes in our gym and, and they say you know I saw it on tv and I thought I want to give it a go Mm. And it's kind of like, really? But what made you think that? Like, you know, so it's quite a quite a change. But um, I always say to them that the first thing is, you know, don't you, you'll surprise yourself. A lot of girls will think I'm not that strong, but actually, the the great thing about coaching females is they're more patient with um, the process. So they want to learn. They're they're a little bit more patient with learning the technique, understanding the movement patterns, um, the strength will come um but you know in comparison to young guys or guys that come in they want to lift as much as quick as possible and so um there's there's that transition and I think um a lot of our girls um it's nice to see that it's flourishing and and it's growing it kind of makes me feel quite humbled to be able to start to slow down now I still go in the gym and and give them grief and say you can't have an old girl beat you um (laughs) So I, I try and push them and they push me. Yeah. No, that's really yeah, nice. Must, must be so nice to see the demand now and, and how that's, you know, how, how it's taking off. Yeah, and for me, one of the, the positives of weightlifting or the best thing about sport is, you know, when I was in diving, I was generally told a lot as a, as a young girl that I was too big for the sport because all my diving friends were tall and slim and I was, I was what I called stacked and compact. So. Um, I didn't really fit the shape and mould of a diver back then. Mm. If it was now, it would be a little bit different. Um, 
And I think that the one positive thing for me with weightlifting is we come in all different shapes and sizes. So just because you haven't got muscles um, or, you know, you don't think because you're a bigger girl, you don't think you can do sport. It's, you know, we've got such a good contrast of females in our team right now. And it's, it's really humbling as a, as a lifter to share those experiences with them and kind of support them along their journey. But I think it sends a really powerful message in this current day and age that you don't have to be big and muscly or look manly to do this. One of our girls does beauty pageants and and we're all quite girly in our own own different ways. I think it wasn't until the the early 2000s that I actually got to share a room with another girl that owned a makeup bag, something as silly as that, you know. So we were ecstatic that the, the... the next girl we could talk about makeup because some of the other girls when I first started it wasn't really an interest of theirs so yeah, yeah. Little, <laughs> little things little, little things definitely. no I think that's really important because there is that stereotype and I think maybe like some male trainers who are listening to this I think it would be quite useful from you what advice you have for them in terms of you know physiologically what they need to consider when training a female client um how they maybe assess um their female client's ability to lift weight yeah uh, I sort of feel that you know some male trainers who maybe either they don't maybe their female client comes in and they're a bit reluctant to lift weight how do they yeah. approach that um I think the, the first thing is when you're working with a client you kind of have to get to know them as a an individual mm-hmm. um I will say you know um my coach is, is really good at understanding me we've had a 26 year coaching relationship so he know, he probably knows me better than anyone else including myself at times um and i think when you it, it comes to coaching women i think there's a lot of stigma around a lot of girls don't like to get sweaty they don't want to get muscles that's where i've seen the biggest change in sport or just physical activity in the last sort of 10 years women are now going, okay, it's okay to get sweaty and get a little bit aggressive and, and get a little bit dirty on the, on the field as such. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, sorry. And, um, I think if you're a male coach, there's all, also the concern around, um, complaints or safeguarding and some of those areas. So they get a little bit nervous about, uh, yes, maybe. about working with females. Mm-hmm. So, um, my advice is get to know them. Um, ask them what their goals are. I think, um, you know, women can be, they can be great one day, they can be awful the next. And I say that, you know, speaking from experience. Um, just understand what motivates them. Try and find stuff that they enjoy. So make the activities fun and challenging. Most women are really surprised. They're, they're quite nervous at the idea of doing weights because they think it's going to make them big and bulky, mm-hmm. um, which isn't true. Um, and then they're also, they're not sure how they feel about doing free weight or just any kind of weight resistant training. And actually, a lot of girls I know, once they've, they've gone in, they actually really relish the challenge of trying to beat what they've done previously yeah, and get stronger. I think, I, think so, I think sometimes it's the environment as well. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if you're in a gym where it might be a little bit com- like, you know, confrontational, having other people. Yeah. I've worked in gyms where I've taken the women into the, the free weights areas and the men in the gym, they, you know, they th- thought they owned it. Um, <laughs> and they were, you know, they would look as if to be, why are these women coming in here? Mm. Um, and it's a, it's a game, you know, it's a mindset, it's a, it's a culture change. And some gyms can be really, you know, some areas of the gyms are certain territories 
for some guys. So yeah, I think true. I think with females, the one thing I will say around females is technically they they often pick things up a lot better than men in terms of actual movement patterns and things like that. So, you know, as a male coach, I wouldn't worry about putting the weight on the bar or increasing the loading. Just get them build their confidence through the movement patterns and and understand if they they like it. I think the biggest challenge in the fitness industry is a lot of people go to the gym because they think they've got to be healthy. Mm. They don't particularly enjoy what they do, but they do it. Yes, trying to make it interesting. And yes, you've got to make it fun and interesting. I've always said if I didn't find weightlifting after I left sport, it's very unlikely I would have gone into a mainstream gym because I find machine weights really boring. It's all robotic to me. It doesn't doesn't um, give yeah. me that kind of energy. So. Uh, or that buzz in that feeling. So you you really do have to find exercises and things that they respond to, and then you gradually build that in. Dumbbells for a, a lot of women is a nice introduction to that because they, you know, they can build confidence with it, and just gradually they can see the the change. So um, it's just making it fun, engaging with them, finding what challenges them, what what really ticks their box, and and just know that not every woman wants to just have a uh, a Beyonce bottom or a you know they want to work all areas as well yeah, and I think yeah, sorry, yeah I think that's a really good point is yeah it's for the trainer to just really understand why they are lifting weights yeah and not everyone's going to have the same answer yeah and a really interesting statistic that came out probably about seven years ago was around um, osteoporosis in women that actually lifting weights is a really good way to strengthen their bones so don't be afraid even with your older clients. It doesn't need to be a lot of weight. It can even be resistance bands and they start doing stuff. But, um, you know, just what I have seen is women I've worked with where they, they don't really, they don't really lift a lot of weight, but for them it is. But it's the change in their mindset. You know, they're more confident, that they feel healthier. They don't necessarily lose weight, but their body shape starts to change and that's what they, they want. It's not all about, you know, them just wanting a bum or getting rid of bingo wings. So yeah. really find out what they're in the gym to do. And women love challenges. If there's one thing that we do, you know, all girls love a challenge. If you tell a girl they can't do it, that a lot of girls will be like, I'm going to prove you wrong. So don't be afraid to challenge them and push them in ways because that's that's what they like. Yeah, absolutely. And and so in terms of your work with uh, Ucanti Doping Association, wh- where are you cu- where are you currently at with that? Um, so I sit on the athlete commission, um, and we our role is to kind of give the an athlete voice onto the side of um, anti doping and and the the key areas around education and how we can make keep sport clean. As as we've said this week is uh, clean sport week. Um, up until the 26th of May. And so our job is to promote clean sport and and kind of share our experiences and share and look at how we can develop and improve um, maintaining clean sport and just working with athletes and, and companies like yourself to educate. And mm-hmm. you know, I always say knowledge is power. And, you know, we've got some great athletes around our athlete commission. We're all from different areas of sport and different levels. And we all bring a lot to the table to to look to, you know, implement and, and keep sport clean. Um, and it is a challenge, but we, you know, we really enjoy as athletes. We all love a challenge. So you know, this week is really important for us to kind of share the information that we've found 
um, through the research that you could have done and then, you know, just help get that message out. You know, sport at any level, whether you're just, you know, someone training for a marathon, mm-hmm. someone just wanting to have a better lifestyle and feel good about themselves, yeah. you can do that clean. If you're taking, there is no shortcuts How to, to being successful, you know, to get results it's it's hard work it's you know change potentially changing lifestyle decisions um and choices you know do you go out on the weekend or do you stay in and be sensible you know mm-hmm. there's all um, those areas how so does it, um, how does it make you feel be as a professional athlete when there are reports in the media of other athletes who have you know been under the uh sort of under the spotlight when it comes to do how does that <coughs> um do you mean in terms of if there's there's been a, a yeah, finding, if there's uh, and a, finding. Yeah, a positive drug test? Yeah, I mean, yeah. For me, I'm I try to look at it in the positive way of we've caught them. It's another one that we've caught, um, and it is. I always try and find the positives in everything. So you know, it just means that um, if if we are catching them, and we're I'm sure you know in between now and next year there'll be other stories on a global level um and it's disappointing um but at the same time it just shows when when positives do come up that um what's in place and the testing and the the programs they're working so we're actually catching these people you know the way sport has evolved across all sports in the last 10 15 20 years is massive um and with that change you get you know even levels of sports science and Mm. And just, you know, the sports themselves um, have changed. And, and so, unfortunately, we do see a change. You know, things progress and, and people try and try and work the system in a new way. And I think when we do catch people and programs or um, it's positive that we've caught them, mm. I think that it's what's important is the next steps is identifying, you know, how do we stop that from happening again? Mm. And I think the biggest area of change has been education. So actually educating teams of young athletes or inexperienced athletes and coaches um, and just support staff that work with mm. with the sports. And I think um, it's sending that message. For me personally, you know, and, and a lot of my colleagues, the athletes still need more of a voice mm. um, and we need to be heard. But Yeah, I was going to say, do you, do you feel that sometimes coaches or other like maybe the athlete doesn't isn't maybe making all of the decisions yeah and that's you know that's another area where where you have to look at you know the program sometimes people are in positions where they don't actually get a decision and that's a really tough call for them because um it can be like an all or nothing approach and so i think you know the big stance on recognizing now that if coaches are involved or there's been evidence base of that then coaches are also reprimanded or countries or nations mm. um something I've always been quite proud of from a weightlifting point and we've had some really bad outcomes in the last few years um is that we as a international federation we have we've had a policy for a long time that if a nation gets three international positives the country gets an automatic years ban for many competition or officiating or coaching and they also receive a a fine and so you know we're proactive what I always think it's better to you know to have that that information out there yes we've caught them 
good mm-hmm. that's that lot out there um rather than as a federation where others have been known to to just keep quiet or move it along and we actually yeah, yeah. yeah. shame and we put it out there and and i think that's a positive thing um yeah. but yeah i mean it always it always hurts when someone's damaged sport uh, or the reputation of sport and you know there's a lot more clean athletes out there than there are ones playing dirty yeah exactly. they're the ones we have to support and we have to recognize and give them the time of day and i think um that's where our job comes in to make sure we protect those those individuals and we we really make a strong stance on those that that are damaging the sport yeah definitely and i think that's where personal trainers have a duty of care for their clients and that might even be the you know the different types of products that are on the market within the fitness industry a lot of them possibly shouldn't be on the market and i think yeah yeah, train again it comes back to education Um, yeah and there's company there's programs you know like um, I don't use any products that aren't on informed sport. So I make sure any proteins or anything like that, um, they're batch tested. Um, I actually, I've got, I use the same protein um, that I have used for years because I know it works. Um, it, you know, it's, it's safe. It's been batch tested. It's on informed sport. If there's any medical um, issues or I might need to say medical, I go on to Global Dro where you can actually put the information in and that will tell you if it is a good, you know, if it's okay to use out of competition or in competition, or if it's completely banned. So there's there's inf- there's websites, there's information out there that even just general public can go to mm. or companies. Um, and I think that's, you know, you you've hit the nail on the head. That's another area of supplements, which yeah. a lot of a lot of public. I've even had friends that have said, oh, I'm using this, and I've, you know, I'm like. Oh, um, I've not heard great things about that. I strongly advise you to come off it. Or they've said no. they've recognised changes in in themselves. And I'm like, well, have you checked this and checked the ingredients? And they haven't because if it's saying it's one thing and there's ingredients that are doing another thing in there, that I think I, I think as well when someone's when someone's made an investment in a product, there's yeah. there's going to be a part of them that's wanting to believe what it says on the tin. Yeah and you know it's everyone wants a, a quick fix in in some shape or form or you know a quicker method of getting a six pack or so that you know they're going to try and that's where I find you know I take very little supplementation I stick you know I stick to my my protein after training and mm. and my I just take my vitamins and stuff and I stay I stay away from that Hmm. Um, so I think it's a, it is a really fascinating area. Um, Louise Beckett at, um, sorry, Louise Sutton at Leeds Beckett. You yeah. know, she actually wrote a, um, done that before as well. Um, she wrote a protein article for us uh, in the, one of the last issues of Fit Magazine. She actually rules out protein supplements, at yeah. her opinion. So it yeah. is really interesting to hear the competing views on that. So Yeah, and I think it's, I always find it quite fascinating. Those that are in sport, you know, nutrition isn't rocket science. If you've got a good, healthy diet and it's balanced, we all love a, a donut or a, a pastry or an odd treat. You know, we go out and have a few drinks. Um, but if you are, if you generally have a good, balanced diet, then there's no need to have like six protein shakes throughout the day or some of the supplements that they're telling you that you need to have. You yeah, know, around, around the... Sorry, the skipping meals, yeah, you know, like having you know breakfast replacement and, and things like that. I think with 
I think we've lost touch of what real food is. Yeah, and it's a huge money maker for them. And that's where I draw the line. You know, even my friends, they if they say to me, it's like the diet fads, and I'm like, that's great, you'll lose the weight. But the moment you start to go back to normal, you're just going to put the weight on if you don't control it. You know, it is a lifestyle change, and it's knowing how and when to eat and, and be professional in your approach to you know what you put inside your body that is your fuel if you yeah. eat badly you're not going to have the energy so you, your body craves more so you have to eat more yeah um, and so you know the industry of supplementation they play to that and say oh this will keep you fuller for longer and you know have this shake or you know take this up and it becomes not only does it become expensive but then they want results and obviously if you're only having a a breakfast shake and a meal replacement and whatever else it is and not actually eating good food, you will see results, but it's having a detrimental effect to your body. And I think think as well, you know, clients do in many ways look up to their trainers. Yes. And and they will, you know, clients will ask you about your own nutrition and your products. So you do have a responsibility there to make the right informed decisions. Yeah. And I think it's super important for, for personal trainers and because they're the ones on the ground dealing with these, with these guys um on a day-to-day basis or a weekly basis so i think it's just as important for for me personally i'd like to see all all um like personal trainers or fitness qualifications and education to actually involve modules around or you know um anti-doping and just knowing where to go to get advice or enhance their knowledge and i think as a personal trainer if you've got that knowledge base as well people will respect you a lot lot more for it and you know for us that's it's not just we're talking about elite sport we're talking about clean sport healthy bodies healthy minds and I think in this current day and age it's everyone's responsibility to kind of support and in that industry because there there are vulnerable people out there absolutely and and the next and in the next issue of fit pro magazine we will be discussing everything around doping within within the industry um yeah probably have some more comment from yourself joe as well yeah that's fine so yeah so we'll be uh, exploring that in a bit more detail so this will be a, yeah. nice, a nice introduction to that longer article yeah perfect that'd great. be great uh, anything else you wanted to add today joe no i think it's just um to make sure that you know when it comes to um working out and training or doing sport or you know even if you're just in a gym doing health and fitness you want your results to be 100% you. You want to be able to say, I've achieved this by doing this and working really, really hard. And that's, you know, and whilst doing that, you've, you've maintained a healthy body and a healthy mind in that process. And you've not felt like, you know, you've had to go elsewhere to actually get the, res- the results. Um, so it is about just protecting yourselves and making sure that those results are about you and only you. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I think you know, otherwise you're only really, you know, you're, you're only really harming yourself really and your own. Yeah, and you're you're kind of in a way you're false advertising. Yeah. <laughs> like you know, if you're saying, oh yeah, I've done all this, and you know, we've we've seen it with with celebrities and in different worlds where they say, yeah, I lost all this weight and I look amazing, and I just did yoga or <laughs> I just did this or. or I drunk, you know, I and I'm like, there's no way you get a body like that just doing that. So I think. Detox tea. I think that's that's the latest one of my uh, um, yeah. 
about that. Um, we actually yeah. find a lot of large high street chains actually stocking uh, certain products like tea, the tea detox. Um, yes. Yes, yeah, slightly, slightly yeah. alarming. And I always say to people, you know, like be confident in your body. We all have lumps and bumps and bits and things that we we hate. But if you work hard, it's far more rewarding to know that you've grafted and and done it and done it yourself, and you've not, you know, you've not cheated yourself in in any shape or form. And I think um, from a sport, just a sport and active lifestyle kind of area, it's it's really important that people understand that. And if you know they make sure whatever they're, they're looking to, if it's medical, you know, or supplements, they go and seek, seek the right advice and don't just jump on a, a website or a forum that's mm. trying to give you a really good sales pitch, but Definitely. at the same time is potentially dangering your life in the long run. Yeah, I think, yeah, it's just reading between the lines um, and also so, so many social media <coughs> you are obviously being paid. It's so much of it is advertisement. So yeah. It's just, you know, re- reading, reading through it. Yeah, just focus on you. Don't worry about what anyone, you know, I say that to competitors when they're, they're in, on game day. Just focus on you and only you. You, you can't be, you know, some of these high profile, you can't be a Beyonce or a Kim Kardashian because how they've got there is, you know, your body shape and type is nothing like theirs and, and they've had other means to, to get there. So, you know. It's all, it's all, um, it's all individual, yeah. It's all yes, individual. just. Just be you. We, you know, if we were all the same shape and size, and we all had six packs, and we all had, you know, biceps, and we all looked identical, life would be pretty boring. Pretty so, um, <laughs> let's just embrace who we are and and train hard and just be a hundred percent focusing on on a healthy body and a healthy mind. Fantastic. Well, so nice to hear those uh, wise words from. Thank you. <laughs> and I'm sure a lot of trainers will be. Uh, inspired and uh, take some of your great advice away with them into their next sessions perfect thanks for joining us pleasure for more information about fitpro education and for details on fitpro membership and insurance you can visit us at fitpro.com we hope you enjoy the today's podcast and see you next time